Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents Sports Talk Saturday. Did I set a record for how badly a take of mine is already reversed? It happened pretty quick. It's already yeah. done. On WGR. I don't know what's happening. Sports Radio 550. Oh, you know when you get the chaotic opens... Yes, I am back. Unfortunately for for some listeners here, Derek Kramer here with you for another Sports Talk Saturday. Evan DePasquale on the board with you here. Josh and TJ did well last week in my stead, but now I'm back in here ready to go. And with probably the most confounding loop-de-loop twists and turns that we could have had entering today's show. The Bills suddenly could, with a win, look like a very shiny playoff percentage. The Sabres stomped Vegas last night. What it, can can you guys pick a thing so that we can be mad or happy and just be set with it? Pick a thing, okay? Get in the lane and stay there. That is pretty much where I'm at right now. The Sabres, in particular, we'll get into more of that later. Or later in this segment, I should say. The Bills, firing Ken Dorsey, it's kind of given the offense a little bit of a rejuvenation. And they also have done well against three solid defenses. The Jets, the Eagles, and then Kansas City. Kansas City, oddly enough, the one that they didn't, Uh, put the most points up on. However, it looks like the offense, which has kind of bogged down the season for the Bills, seems to have woken up. And that's huge. Because the offense has, at points in this season, especially early on, kind of cost them games. And now it looks like we're back. You face another legit defense, though, in Dallas, So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough sledding. It's not going to be a fun time. We're all going to be stressed as heck uh, tomorrow. However, if they win this game, no matter what else happens around the league, the Bills are suddenly looking really good with their playoff chances all over again. Why? You face a garbage Chargers team that just fired their head coach and general manager, and things are just going to get worse for them. Justin Herbert's not playing for the rest of the season, so where's the upset potential? Easton Stick? Yeah, okay. A Chargers team that let up 63 points to a team that scored zero the week before? 
I, yeah, Chargers don't scare me. The Patriots, there better be all sorts of revenge. And if Bill Belichick is getting let and go by New England at the end of the year, according to that report from Tom Curran, uh, you better send him packing. Especially for what happened in New England this year, earlier. You better win 40-10 to 10 against New England this time around. And then the last one could be for the division. It could be for your playoff hopes. It could be for a cavalcade of reasons. But Buffalo and Miami, in Miami, will suddenly have a lot more flavor to it than it did just a couple weeks ago. And that's huge for this team. Especially after the dumbest bye week ever. Where you see a pass rush, where you see your highest paid pass rusher get arrested for domestic violence. There is the, uh, the article from Ty Dunn pinpointing the flaws of Sean McDermott. And then you go ahead and just casually storm into Kansas City and win the game. That's not dysfunction at that point. That's rebounding. Can they stay on the rebound here? How long will it go? How long does this chase go for them? Winning out basically guarantees them a playoff spot. And this is probably, I will say, your second best challenge left. Miami in Week 18 probably is the hardest game left. Yeah, the Dolphins haven't looked right. But division games with talented teams typically can be spun on their head. And, I mean, the Patriots showed us that um, you have to take all division games seriously. So I do believe Miami is still the biggest test. But if you could set yourself up for success here, hey, here you go. And then there's the Sabres. A team that has, and I kid you not, a record of 1-11 and after a win... This season. Somehow, winning a hockey game is the biggest kiss of death for the Sabres to then lose a hockey game. They cannot string wins together right now. This entire year, they haven't been able to do it. Now, now would be a great time for you to go ahead and set that record straight. Go ahead and make it 2-11 and 11 after a win, please. Think about it. Four or six points on a, on a road trip where you saw one of your top-line players get injured. And then, obviously, Don Granado hinting yesterday that Jack Quinn and Jordan Greenway could be returning to the lineup. All right. All right. Let's go. Eric Johnson comes out of the lineup. The Sabres are suddenly allowing only two goals. Huh. Huh? I'm glad Eric Johnson got the reception that he did in Colorado. However, that night, he also looked like he was still playing for Colorado. It That signing definitely became the biggest flop. And it's not even the biggest flop of, uh, of Kevin Adams' tenure as the GM here. Uh, Eric Stahl, anybody? <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I had to say that uh, on a Saturday morning. I I, I apologize. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say Eric Stahl is... I would honestly... Oh, why am I drawing a blank on it? If you say Taylor Hall, it's wrong. He actually did things. I don't know. 
Do you, if not for me saying it, do you remember Eric Stahl, the Buffalo Saber? Yes, I remember Eric Stahl, the Buffalo Saber. I'm Sabre. talking in a general context. Um, like I know you do because you, like me, are a heathen. We live in this building, and we have to go through the worst things that have ever happened to the Buffalo sports teams. However, to the common person, if I say, hey, remember Eric Stahl being a Saber? Everyone just goes, oh, yeah, that was awful. Could be a good scoregami, or uh, not score, a uh, puck doku. Yes, a great puck doku answer, except for the fact that when you type it in, you feel dirty inside. Except when you see that score really low. No, you still feel dirty. <laughs> you feel gross typing in Eric Stahl being a Buffalo Saber ever. Because you hate, no, everyone despises Eric Stahl anyway before he became a Saber. Dude's rookie year, he goes ahead and trips up the Sabres and wins the Stanley Cup. And Don't then, remind me. And then the one place that he's truly dreadful in is here. I don't know what your problem is with Buffalo Eric Stahl, but I didn't appreciate it, okay? Anyway, I'm getting off track. That's what I do because I have the smooth brain mind. We're going to get more in-depth with the Buffalo Sabres. We're going to take ourselves a quick timeout. We're going to get Brayton Wilson to join us here, get into some hockey. We'll dabble on some bills with Brayton as well as Sports Talk Saturday carries on. Let's get it going here, people. You're listening to WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Big hit at center ice as Dylan Cousins gets a piece of Colasar. And now it's fed back to Cousins. In the slot, scores! Dylan Cousins lays the lumber and then rips one in to put Buffalo on top. One to nothing here in the second period. Dylan Cousins kicked it off. A 5-2 win last night for the Sabres against the Vegas Golden Knights. Can they string... A pair of wins together. That becomes the ultimate question here as they take on the Arizona Coyotes tonight. 9 o'clock face-off, 8 o'clock pregame here on WGR. 
We'll just go ahead and get right into this thing. I'm not one to mince my words, so when I say that I have a good friend on this show, I mean that. I've got the illustrious Brayton Wilson joining us now here on the West Her Hotline to talk some Sabres. Brayton, it's been such a long time since I saw you, my friend. Oh, it's only been what, like 48 hours? Not even. <laughs> Probably, we'll call this all 36. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. Uh, it, it's nice to see you. It's been a while, and it's um, it's nice whenever I get the chance to see you again, buddy. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, what I'm referring to, by the way, is uh, uh, we had the return of our Christmas party, and it was great. I I, I mean, it was uh, it was a fantastic time. I broke the uh, one wall in the newsroom by leaning on it too much. You know, stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can't be doing that. And I just admitted it to the public. So anyway, uh, so Sabers, Brayton. They're inconsistent, but they have a great, great way of bringing us all back in. And a win like this against one of the best teams in the league, again, uh, it's just one of those ways that you just say, you know you have this. We know you have this in you. Can you please put it together consistently? Yeah, I mean, that would be really nice if the Sabres could be able to string together some wins here and actually look like the team that they kind of did at the end of the season last year. Uh, I think that's the biggest frustrating part is that, you know, they come out and they play great games against teams like the Golden Knights, the Avalanche, the first time they played the Avalanche, uh, you know, the Maple Leafs and the Rangers and the Bruins, they have these great games. And then they come back and they have these absolute duds against, you know, I mean, I've, obviously the Avalanche are a very good team. So Wednesday night's loss was, uh, wasn't fully surprising, I guess I could say, but it certainly was just kind of disappointing with the way that they had been playing and then to come out with that lackluster of a start and just kind of drag down from there. But, I mean, they've had other performances this year where they just don't look ready to go. I mean, it, it's 8, 10, 15-minute stretches to start a game where they're barely getting – pucks into the zone. They're barely moving the puck that well. Um, it, it's frustrating because, you know, the team has the talent and they're young. I mean, they're still the youngest team in the NHL, but everybody, and it seemed last year, you know, they were starting to get it all together. And then this year we were thinking that they could continue that stretch and it's been a struggle for them to start. Yeah, it's been a frustrating one. And a, a couple of really big stats to show the inconsistencies of this team. They're 10-1-1 when they score first. However, that's not enough games for uh, for them to have scored first, but also 10 of their 13 wins come when they score first. It's not even just a matter of not getting off to the right start. It's they bury themselves oftentimes when it comes to starting slow. Brayton, it is frustrating, but there are glimmers of hope constantly showing up with this team. And last night we saw it with... Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. The best number nine that we've seen in recent memory. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a pop yeah, shot. I mean, it is, it is amazing to see how Zach Benson has performed in his uh, 18-year-old season at the NHL level. I mean, he fell to 13th overall to the Sabres. I mean, I picked him to, to fall to the Sabres myself in my mock draft. But, you know, he was he's a kid that he showed a lot of promise in the Western Hockey League. He was, you know, I mean, I think there were some people making the argument that in the Western Hockey League and even the Canadian Hockey League, to an extent, it was Connor Bedard who was right up there at the top, the best player in, in the league, and then Zach Benson was right behind at number two. And the thing is, is, though, is that I don't think many people were predicting how strong he would have started his NHL career as an 18-year-old. I don't think anybody was thinking 
Zach Benson was going to be an NHLer uh, at age 18. I think thought was he was going to go back to the to juniors, play probably once again in Wenatchee, when um, probably play with Matt Savoy as well, go to the World Juniors, represent Team Canada, uh, hopefully win a gold medal along with Matthew Savoy as well. And then maybe after this season, he would have been ready to go for the NHL in 2024-25. Uh, but instead, he comes out, he impresses the coaching staff, he impresses management. And the, I think the biggest thing about Zach Benson that I noticed is he, he doesn't look lost out there. He, he looks like he's able to keep up. He anticipates extremely well. He's incredibly tenacious on and off the puck. And he's always just puck hungry. He's always looking to make that next play. Um, you know, to get the offense going. And I think that's been the biggest impressive thing about him, just the way that he's been able to assimilate into this team. And especially over the last handful of games, he's looked like one of their better, if not the best players on the ice. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, is that, like, you mentioned the Hockey Canada thing. Like, they were trying to get themselves a, a way to find Zach Benson onto their roster, and now it's just like, no, you're not getting him. Uh, not only has he become one of the more tenacious players on this team, he is oftentimes the one getting them out of a jam, even if it's not on the score sheet. So, uh, nice try, Canada. You don't get this one uh, this time around. Benson's staying, and uh, with good reason. Now, moving on, though, Brayton, obviously – a huge game from Benson, but also a huge game from someone that's needed one of these days. Uh, Dylan Cousins got the scoring started really with one of the plays that everyone is so used to seeing from the workhorse from Whitehorse and hits Colasar on the boards, feeds the puck up, gets a return pass from Middlestat, and fires a shot that the snake-bitten Cousins finally is able to get off the schneid and into the back of the net. Yeah, and I think the word that you just described there kind of best describes Dylan Cousins' season to a T is snake bitten. He has, uh, at times, looked very dominant, like he did last night, trying to control the puck, creating chances, getting to the net. And there is just sometimes it wasn't going in for him or the production wasn't there. Then there have been other nights where the puck is jumping off his stick. He's trying to do way too much with the puck by himself. He's not relying on his teammates to kind of help out there. And it's it's just been a really, really rough season for Dylan Cousins to this point. But last night was kind of one of those nights where things started to click for him. Things seemed to go right for him. He, I mean, he, he had that huge hit on Keegan Colasar and then immediately grabs the puck after making that hit, turns the other way, heads towards the slot and fires a really nice shot that beats Logan Thompson. And he, I think he also had another assist or two assists last night as well. Um, just He just seems like a guy that he knows his game is there. He knows what his style of play is, and he knows he has to play a certain way, and it just hasn't necessarily been all there for him this year. And I think last night we finally started to see it, it clicked for him a little bit better. And I'm, I'm really interested to see how well he carries that over tonight when they go to Arizona to play the Coyotes. And part of that has been um... – uh, we finally get to see him with a, a, probably, I think, last night, uh, some of the better line mates as of late for him uh, than in recent memory. Cousins skating with uh, Middlestat and Paterka last night. J.J. Paterka was off the score sheet, but his season this year has been one to behold. Yeah, I've, I've been able to watch a lot of J.J. Paterka. And, uh, I mean, in part of my bold predictions, I, I predicted he was going to score 30 goals and have 60-plus points this season. And, Right now, he continues to look like he's on track for that. You know, there's just something about J.J. Paterka that, uh, you know, 
it started coming on at the end of last season. It seemed like the puck was finding his stick more and he was just picking, he was just picking his spots. He was picking his spots and he was making the most out of his opportunities. And I think a lot of chances this year have been very similar. Um, you know, there's been, there's been less games this year where I'm kind of watching it. I just think like, you know, man, that was a bad play, JJ, or, you know, you could have done this instead. Uh, last year, it seemed like there were a lot of opportunities where he wasn't shooting the puck or taking those opportunities to try and score. And this year, he's seeing the ice better. He's reading plays a lot better. And it just seems like he's taking more of those opportunities by himself or do, making the right play when needed. So, um, yeah, it's been a really, really impressive start for J.J. Paterka this year. And I expect him to continue to play. And, and the one thing is that he's been playing really, really, really well. Uh, along with Dylan Cousins and whoever his other winger is, whether it's Alex Tuck, whether it's Zach Benson, uh, you know, he he just seems like he's clicking with Dylan Cousins and um, or or even in this case, you know, uh, from time to time, Casey Middlestad as well. I mean, he just seems like he's got his game going. He's, he's meshing well with whoever his line mates are. And, um, you know, oftentimes I think this year we've seen him be more of a play driver uh, than kind of being that guy being the finisher. Brayton Wilson joining us here on the West Her Hotline. Uh, Don Granato last night, he hinted at it, uh, seemingly uh, with his postgame comments, that Jack Quinn might be making his return sooner than expected to the Sabres lineup. Where, do you, where would you assume for him to be slotted in with um, this Sabres team that could use a little bit more offense and um, hopefully uh, Quinn returning to the form that he was finding late in his rookie season? Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see where they try to slot in Jack Quinn. Obviously, last year, he played extremely, extremely well on a line with J.J. Paterka and Dylan Cousins. Now, Paterka, obviously, is, you know, currently playing on a line with Casey Middlestaff, so, you know, and Dylan Cousins as well. So, it's kind of difficult to try to determine, okay, who comes out of the lineup? Where do you kind of slide guys in? Obviously, if J.J. There, if uh, Jack Quinn comes back, you know, a guy like Brett Murray probably uh, is the healthy scratcher, goes back to Rochester, just depending on the numbers and, and who's here and whatnot. But, you know, right now, you, you can make a case that you can't separate, you know, Cousins and Paterka. So why not put Jack Quinn to see if they can rekindle some of that uh, magic they had last year? Because there were oftentimes last year that line was completely unstoppable. They were driving the offense, and then everybody kind of just carried on with them as well. Um you know, Zach Benson continues to play well. There's no way you're taking him out of the lineup whatsoever. And then other than that, you look at guys like Victor Olison, Tyson Jost, or, you know, Peyton Krebs that come out of the lineup after that. And even then, I'm not I'm not fully comfortable taking Peyton Krebs out. So um, I, I really like the idea of maybe trying to uh, rekindle some of that magic that the Cousins Paterka Quinn line had last year when, when Jack comes back. And then, you know, from there, maybe you move Casey Middlestat to third line center or third line wing and you play around from there but I mean right now it seems like they've got themselves um, at least something clicking here it hasn't been entirely perfect but um, they've got some combinations that are working and you just kind of work it out from there and then once you get Jack Quinn in there you you try to bring him back up to speed as much as you can without trying to push him too hard you know obviously Achilles injuries are are a difficult injury to battle back from and you know it's different obviously there you know with football you know a player gets an Achilles injury and for certain position players, it's almost a death sentence for them. And at the NHL level, you got to be able to push off real well and you got to be able to create acceleration and speed. And, 
you know, a lot of that comes from your footwork. And if, if Jack Quinn feels good and, you know, you work him back in nice and slow and then he's able to kind of get back up to speed and ready to go, then, you know, that's, that's almost kind of like winning a trade deadline trade where you get a player late in the season and add in and they can factor in and help you out. Brayton, obviously, um, with the hope that Quinn can help uh, inject a little bit of positivity into the lineup here, uh, looking at the blue line, um, how much food do I have to buy uh, to keep Eric Johnson out of the lineup? Because they actually looked solid overall um, without him there, and uh, I, I, it stinks. Like you know, he's a seventh defenseman. He you would he was brought in, I thought, to be the seventh defenseman who would rotate in. And um, he's struggled when he's been in the lineup oftentimes, him and Connor Clifton both, uh, kind of muddying the situation with the blue line there uh, when it comes to how Buffalo is able to deploy and who they deploy on a nightly basis. I think at this point, you, the one guy that you have to keep in the lineup is Ryan Johnson. You know, last night I was looking at, you know, some of the charts and some of the stats from that game. And, you know, it wasn't a perfect defensive game by any means from the Sabres, but when you have Ryan Johnson in there, he's just a guy that that is able to help with that transition game and brings a little bit of offensive flair and and really can create chances for other teammates by just with the way that he skates and moves around with the puck and the way he sees the ice. He's not going to be putting up a lot of points when he's out on the ice. He's not a productive guy like Erasmus Dahlien or an Owen Power or somebody like that, but he's a guy that really, really can can – factor into the game in other ways in terms of just setting things up, seeing the ice differently and how things transition, how things are developing. That's the way that he kind of advances his game. And, um, and just there's no way in, at this point, I think you should be taking him out of the lineup. You know, it is, it is tough though, because then at that point you got to figure out, okay, who is the odd man out? Who are you taking out? Is it going to be Connor Clifton? Is it going to be Eric Johnson? Is it even going to be, Tia Samuelson here and there, uh, just with the way that he struggled this year. And at this point, unfortunately, you know, Eric Johnson, I know that he he came to Buffalo this offseason. He was kind of that veteran add to add to the group to kind of help the rest of the group kind of develop and flourish even that much more. And unfortunately, it just hasn't worked. And I think we've heard it from Don Rodato. We've heard it from Johnson himself. You know, it was a different defensive system he was playing in Colorado for several years. I mean, he's, he's been playing with Jared Bednar several years ever since Bednar came in in that 16-17 season when the Avalanche were, were putrid, but because Patrick Waugh resigned uh, about a, a few weeks just before training camp. So, you know, Johnson has developed and he got accustomed to that defensive system, and then he comes into Buffalo where it's a, a different defensive system, and he struggled. And I think you kind of have to expect that at this point. So what do you do? You try to get him up in the press box, and I know that you don't want to have a veteran presence up in the press box, but at the same point, you kind of hope that a guy like him, who's very, who's an, who's an experienced, grizzled veteran in this league, can kind of watch the game like one of these young kids can. You see what's going on on the ice. You see how players are developing. You see how players are cycling around. You see how they're moving. And the next thing you know, um, maybe he gets his opportunity. Someone gets hurt, or you just decide to give another guy a rest. Johnson comes back in, and he he looks more comfortable. He plays more more fluid. And, and looks more fit for the type of defense the Sabres want to play. So at this point, yeah, I think I think you have to sit Eric Johnson for a little bit until that next opportunity comes up. Ryan Johnson, I don't think you can take him out of the lineup. And obviously a guy like Connor Clifton, he's played well recently when he's back on the right side of the fence. And 
Um, he seems like he's getting his game going. So it's, it, it honestly, at this point, is just kind of who's rolling, who's playing well. And then, you know, if there's an opportunity to get Eric Johnson back in the lineup, you can. But at this point, let the guys roll and see how it plays out. Brayton, the last thing here I've got for you. Um, this goalie situation has become even more muddled than we could have possibly thought. At the start of the season, it seemed like it was supposed to be Devin Levi's net. Then he gets hurt right away. And Uka Pekalukinen takes over, and he starts to have – well, actually, Eric Comrie has himself a, a decent couple of games. Then he gets hurt. And Uka Pekalukinen then takes over, has himself a strong stretch, and it's suddenly, quote-unquote, his net. Um, UPL gets sick. Levi comes back and takes over the net again. Can we stop with this carousel? Uh, no, this, this is a never-ending <laughs> ride that's going to continue to, uh, to play out. But, hey, listen, it's a good problem that the Sabres have right now because you get, you get Devin Levi playing very, very well. I mean, his last four games since coming back from Rochester, I think he's 3-0-1. I mean, he's looked phenomenal in every game. And last night, he was a huge reason why the Sabres won that game over the Vegas Golden Knights. He was, uh, he was probably the number one factor, at least in my opinion, just because he looked so fluid. He was seeing just about everything. And the two goals that were scored against him, I mean, the one was a power play that kind of bounced weird. And another one was another puck that bounced right in front for Jack Eichel and wide open net. And he was able to score. Uh, but the Sabres battled back. They, they, they supported Devin Levi in net. They got the goal scoring that they've been looking for, and especially to put up four goals in the third period. I mean, it's, it's one heck of a way to battle back to earn a victory against the defending Stanley Cup champion. But the goaltending situation, at least in my opinion, the Sabres are in a, a decent spot right now because you got Devin Levi playing really well. You got Okopaka in, who before his sickness was really starting to come along, and hopefully he can rebound and get back to form. Um, and, and really from there, Eric Comrie is your third stringer. I mean, I, I talked about this a little bit last week when I was on the broadcast with Brian Cozio, and I said, if, if Devin Levi continues to play well and you get Uko Pekalukin in back and, and he's still playing at a decent rate, I don't think Lukanen necessarily got the support that he needed in Colorado the other night. But let's just hypothetically say Lukanen starts tonight against Arizona. If he comes out and plays really well in net, what do you need Eric Comrie here for? you got two guys that are young that are playing really well in that right now. They're, they're kind of a 1A, 1B situation. You don't need a 1C guy. You don't need a, a number two or even a number three situation right now. And, and let's be honest, who's going to claim Eric Comrie if you put him on waivers? His stats this year have not been good at the NHL level. He hasn't. He's flashed, don't get me wrong. But I, I think a lot of teams will look around and, you know, there's not a lot of teams that are desperately in need of goaltending help. At least, you know, good teams that are in need of goaltending help. So, if, if Eric Comrie goes on waivers and if he gets claimed, okay, and you took a swing and a miss at a guy, and you know what, maybe helping another team out with that needs goaltending help. But at the same point, if he clears waivers, he goes to Rochester, maybe rekindles his game like Devin Levi did in a two-game stretch. And let's just say Devin Levi's sick again, sick, or Luke and he gets sick again, or one of those guys, heaven forbid, gets hurt. Comrie comes up and see how he does after getting a little bit more conditioning time or whatever in the, in the AHL to kind of maybe regroup and rekindle his game. It wouldn't hurt, but, you know, the Sabres, again, they don't, their goaltending situation with Levi and Lukanen has not killed them this year. It's been the goal scoring that's killed them. It's been the, the lapses in defense after, you know, trying to be more of a better defensive team this year. They, their lapses have killed them at times, and then when that happens, they don't get the goal scoring, and it just piles on. So I think right now, if, if Lukanen plays tonight, like, I'd expect him to. Um, if he 
plays well and looks like he's back to form and helps Buffalo get another win, then I'd seriously consider looking at the goaltending situation and thinking, okay, you've got 1A, 1B with Levi and Lukanen. Wave Comrie, why not? See what happens. I might even suggest uh, doing a kindness for Eric Comrie. Um, finding a Zach Bogosian situation where, like, you, you go to send him to Rochester, he doesn't get claimed, and then um, make like he just decides, you know, not to report so that he can find another opportunity at the NHL level. Because, like you said, someone claiming that contract looks very unlikely at that point. Right, a one point eight million dollar contract uh, for a for a goaltender that's performed the way he has going to really benefactor anyone unless it's a team that is near the bottom of the standings and just kind of needs a name or a, a guy that's been in the NHL to kind of be there. So that's another option. But yeah, I mean, certainly that's what you brought up with the Bogosian incident there too. Um, certainly could be the case, but I don't, I don't necessarily think Comrie's the type of guy that's going to refuse going to the AHL. I, I, I know he's, Oh, I say that with air quotes, so to say, like, you know, like have him quote unquote yeah, I mean, refuse to I mean, report yeah, just so that you yeah, give him that. an opportunity. Right. And and you know what? Maybe that maybe that's what he wants. Maybe he's in a situation where he knows that he's not going to, you know, win out going forward from here. And if he really wants to try to prove himself to the NHL, he is at that age where it's like, I've got to I've got to do what I gotta do now to prove myself that I can stay in the NHL and stick it out. Because if not, he goes back to the AHL and plays with Rochester and he stays there the rest of the year. I don't think there's going to be many other teams that are going to be calling for Eric Comrie in the offseason to say, hey, come be an, a- an NHL backup. It's, it's a tough situation, and I, and I get where you're coming from there, and I would get if Eric Comrie felt that way too. But um, judging by you know hearing him talk and the way he talked about the group and the team, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe that would, be, that would be something that would be an option. Yeah, and then obviously the final – the final issue with um, with the roster construction at this point is you have seven defensemen that are rotating relatively in and out, and Jacob Bryson's just sitting there almost in like the Casey Fitzgerald role last year. Do you see the same thing happening to Bryson where like at some point you wave him just to get a little bit more roster flexibility with Quinn and Greenway both coming back? I mean, you could. I mean, 100% you could wave Jacob Bryson to see if he if he gets back to Rochester and and. You know what? He goes down. Maybe he he gets that playing time, plays really well, and another team sees how well he's played despite sitting for this long over the course of this season, and they say, "Okay, yeah, no, he's serviceable. We we could we can take a flyer on Jacob Bryson. We'll give you a, a conditional fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. See what happens." And you give Jacob Bryson that opportunity, kind of like Rasmus Asplin, uh, whether it was last year or the year before. I think it was last year, the trade deadline, where it's just he's a guy that you know he's got NHL experience. You know he plays in adequately defensive game and he's just sitting in the press box because the lineup that you have right now you can't take anybody out of the lineup so Rasmus Asplund should just sit in the press box and Kevin Adams does in the service where it's like look we want to give you this next opportunity so we are going to trade you to the Predators we're going to get you know a seventh round pick back who cares it's a it's a seventh round pick not many seventh round picks make it to the NHL don't don't tell Victor Olofsson though um but you know you give a guy like Jacob Bryson another shot see how he does and he's able to flourish elsewhere, then good for Jacob Bryson. And if not, he'll continue to his, his pro career elsewhere, whether that's in the AHL or whether that's overseas. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, uh, I think a lot of people still respect Jacob Bryson because, yeah, he's not the biggest of guys, but he skates incredibly well. He sees the ice quite well, as, and, and he's got a good offensive mindset. So, um, yeah, especially when, you, when you're talking about Jordan Greenway, Jack Quinn coming back, they've got to find spaces for those guys, and you can't, 
you can't necessarily hold on to everybody. So if you have to find a way to get Bryson or Comrie to Rochester or give them other opportunities, then so be it. Brayton, uh, obviously, I wish we had more time to be able to uh, keep going here with the Sabres and uh, and everything else you like that. Howard enough. You worked with Howard enough. What's, what's so wrong with being late to the break a little bit? Hang on. Now, hang on a minute. I, I want to keep things on <laughs> schedule here because somebody has to every now and then. Evan's glaring at me now because, like, the last two shows, I blew up the break schedule so badly that, like, it made Nate jealous. Uh, however... Uh, we do have Niagara basketball to eventually get to, so I do want to make sure I'm on time to talk with one Pat Malcaro as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if anyone right, at yeah. the station deserves that respect, it's Pat. Oh, of course. Of course it's Pat. <laughs> Brayton, uh, real quick, though, Bills-Cowboys tomorrow. A win puts Buffalo in suddenly sunnier positions for uh, a playoff race. It does. And at the same point, though, when you look at it the other way, a loss doesn't necessarily kill them. It's a non-conference loss. Um, it doesn't hurt in the overall standings, but at the same point, in terms of tiebreakers, if you get help around the league with you know, teams losing that you need to lose to be able to maintain that race, when it comes time for tiebreakers, you know, a loss to the Cowboys doesn't look so bad as you know, a loss to the Chiefs or a loss to the Patriots again or a loss to the Dolphins again. So, I, you know, honestly, though, I feel really good about this game. I feel like um, while last week's performance against the Chiefs wasn't such a, a great overall performance, it was a, kind of a roller coaster up and down, for, uh, especially for the offense. But the defense seemed to contain Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense real nicely. And if they can do the same against the Cowboys and Josh Allen can come out and really step up his game and the offense seems to be clicking right from the start and continues to that consistency throughout the game, I think they have a real shot to pull off the upset and be able to really start, you know, making some waves around the league. Like, okay, maybe the Bills aren't dead after all. Maybe the Bills are, are back and uh, maybe we should watch out. And not only that, but the Dolphins can't ever seem to win in December because, you know, they're a Florida football team. So, All right. We'll yeah, hopefully. We got to see what happens. Like, I don't know if it could get much better than it did with, uh, with last week around the league for the Bills there. They got almost all right. the support they needed. All right, Brayton, we got to run. But, uh, of course, we'll be sure to talk again soon, my friend. Sounds good, buddy. You take care, and uh, go Bills, go Sabres. All right, go Bills, go Sabres. That's Brayton Wilson. He of our sister station over at WBEN. He also still contributes here with us at WGR, so you obviously know who this man is uh, if you listen to this station on the regular. All right, we got to get going and come back with the Booty Cheek of the Week, uh, our weekly segment where we make fun of something going around sports. And uh, we got some surprises for you on the other side here for the Booty Cheek of the Week right on WGR. Oh, you know what that music is. No, this isn't your Nintendo Wii starting up. This is Sports Talk Saturday. Derek and Evan here with you to proudly present the Booty Cheek of the Week. A a segment that I still wish is sponsored, and one day maybe we get that dream. I don't know. We'll be working on that, though. However, this might be the first time in history that I'm kind of low-key dreading the segment. And before I get into what I mean by that, I'm just going to go through my answer uh, for the Booty Cheek of the Week, and um, and then we'll go from there. So, all right, anyway. Uh, so, usually we've been laughing at, like, the NHL, um, football, things like that. Uh, this time around, I'm going to go after someone in the NBA. 
Everyone has had enough of Draymond Green's nonsense. Can and I just say that he's not even that good? He he was that good. He was that good when the Warriors dynasty was sprouting out because they needed three pieces to be that kind of player. Uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and then Draymond was able to help out defensively, adding plenty offense and you know getting under the skin of opponents. However, enough was enough. The NBA suspending him indefinitely after yet another altercation that just seemed wholly unnecessary. Pretty much punching Sun Center Joseph Nurkic in the face. Green saying it was an attempt to sell a foul call, but um, it's been the fourth such kind of incident that has put him in hot water in the last calendar year. So enough's enough. The NBA finally putting their foot down and saying, no, we're not doing this anymore. You sit down. Which is good on the league, but at the same time, you know, you need to see better from the player himself and what could be really damaging to his legacy. Uh, He was part of a big three that was homegrown in Golden State. All three players drafted, developed, and turned into superstars. But now Draymond is kind of tarnishing that uh, with his actions. So... Unfortunately, uh, I got to give that booty cheek of the week to one Draymond Green and his indefinite suspension. Evan, uh, are, are you asking for my thoughts? I'm asking for your nomination. Uh, oh, is is it time? Yeah. All right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. (laughs) Oh, God. This is my booty cheek of the week. That was me. <laughs> um, so I was uh, I had Brayton Wilson on, and we had referred to the uh, holiday Christmas party, and unfortunately, something really dumb happened to me as I was leaving. Thank goodness it was only as I was leaving. There were minimal yes. witnesses, but now I'm letting the whole world know because... That's who I am. If I can't laugh at myself, then I'm not allowed to laugh at others with this segment, right? True. Right? You got to have some sort of humility if you're going to run Booty Cheek of the Week as a segment every week. Uh, Yeah, it's me. Evan's nomination is me because as I went to get in my car, I ripped my pants. Just, just, yep. I I didn't see it. All all I just (laughs) am hearing is just Derek just like yelling like he usually does oh, and man. i started like i'm walking out <laughs> a little bit after and all of a sudden i'm just hearing him say my my pants are ripped I, and i was just like 200 clients are inside of the building none of them saw this thank, and thank, i'm thank so god. happy thank god but so it happy. Was, that was probably just that night was fun we were we like yep. only thing i didn't it's because I there were so many people, it was 
hotter than oh yeah all things hotter and heck uh but it was it was a great time yeah but at the same time man you know what master of chaos over here uh just innocently getting into the car stretched myself a little too uh, long on the leg and then that's how it goes that's probably happened to like a lot of people. I'm yeah, not gonna you know, say everybody, no, but like a lot of people. But so. it, you know what though? Again, you just got to be able to sit there and take it on the chin, uh, take that hit to the chin because you know what? That it, it happens. It's life. Uh, you laugh about it because if not, then uh, you're taking yourself too seriously. So there it is. I am. It is me. I am the booty cheek of the week. Everyone, hear me. Be slightly embarrassed. I'm making that into an open now. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? I expect no less at this point. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's, like, it's the sword turned against me that I forged. I mean, it's from not the, the fires. It's not. I don't know what's worse when <laughs> you got uh, when a hawk slammed into your car, or what just happened on Thursday. Oh, definitely the hawk. Yeah. There's financial damages yeah. to that one. Yeah. All I have to do is go buy another pair of pants. True. It wasn't in front of pretty much anyone. The only witness was Zach Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't know if I, I like. <laughs> but yeah, that was. There's a lot of funny. We're good. We're, we're, we're all good. I, we're, we're good to the point where I'm saying it on the air like, you know what? I ripped my pants. It happened. Uh, life happens and. Uh, Sometimes you just let it happen because you just got to laugh about it. That's how life is. Sometimes you just got to laugh about it because then you just get to go through it all. All right, here we go. Second hour. We get rolling here. We go around the league. We look at the games that the Bills need because, yes, a win against Dallas puts them in some good positions here. However... Uh, a loss isn't entirely damning. And if you get the right help in this week's games of action here, it could look even better. We'll look around the league. We'll look at everything. And, of course, hit the trombone champ for some weak-ass chumps. Coming up next here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. <laughs> 